Hi, my name is Tracy G and I'm an inner work coach, NLP trainer and podcaster extraordinaire. Passionate about equality and a world that is more diverse and inclusive, giving each and every one of us the opportunity to be the best version of ourselves. As a biracial woman, I've experienced my fair share of discrimination in the past and come out on top. We all know that discrimination and bias still exists in the world today, and it's not always easy to know what to do about it. This podcast, All One Inclusive, is about celebrating all diversity and being proud of all that you are. I chat with inspiring guests and my friends as we share stories from news sources and listeners from all over the world who have experienced some form of discrimination firsthand. The aim is for us to be able to discuss this issue more openly so it becomes better understood by all and provide tips about what you can do to make a difference. The world may have a lot of catching up to do, but if we can imagine a more equal world, we can create change step by step, ripple by ripple. Happy hump day. Hello. Hello. Have you been? I've been good. Yeah, it's been a great week. I feel very relaxed and happy. Oh, lovely. Glad to hear it. Although it had been sad at the funeral last night. Yes, I did sleep through that myself. But yes, I know that you've seen it. Yes, yes I watched it. Sad. And I took this really cool picture. Hendy was sat on the sofa, like sat like a person, I sat upright. <laughs> watching watching the funeral watching the tv he watches tv it was just really incredible to watch I just found it fascinating actually and I reckon I was thinking I don't know if this is a bit morbid but I was thinking we're probably going to see two monarchs die in our lifetime yes yes King Charles probably he's 73 years old and just got his first job so Um, hardly (laughs) (laughs) um yes well yeah I suppose but you know the royal family the I think the queen mother lived to like 110 or something so you never know no she was like 103 or something wasn't she (laughs) same difference my grandma my my grandma on my father's side lived they lived to like 100 Really? Mm. Live a long life. Mm. Yeah. I did see a story somewhere that talked about this woman who wanted at her 100th birthday, wanted a letter from the Queen. Yeah. Not King Charles. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was like, wonder what, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of comments about how he will be as King com- compared to her. Yeah. It's, it's not nice being compared to someone else, but. I get that it's a diff- It's going to be a change for most people because she reigned for so, such a long time. Yes, longest reigning monarch in mm. history. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, you can't, I mean, if you're her child, obviously, you're going to live in her shadow a little bit. So, mm. It's true. Mm. Mm. Anyway, that was, that was interesting. Let's see what the future holds, shall we? <laughs> yes. So what, what have you been doing since we spoke? Well, we went to the Hunter Valley. We did, as if I didn't know that. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that was so much fun. Yes, your organisational power power is amazing. It was really good to get eight people in the same place at the same time. Oh, well, I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't great, you know. I rely on some room for manoeuvre and adjustments, which we had to do, but that's all good. No, um, I think it was really good. I think it all worked out in the end. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was fun. I really enjoyed myself. So thank you for being part of that. Um, we went to a few wineries in the beautiful Hunter Valley. Mm, the Taste- weather was beautiful. The weather was perfect. Exactly. Um, and I just, I don't know who took the photo of the dog, but that's one of my favorite pictures. That's me. Oh, I love that picture of that's the dog. Yes, I love it too. I can't so. remember the dog's name. What was the dog's name? I can't name? remember the dog's name. I can't even remember the wine guy's name. So. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, we went to this winery. It was like, I guess, small, small family run. 
um, and we were tasting and they had the dog, this big yes. dog, and he was just, he just wanted attention, didn't he? Yeah, I know. He's so photogenic because even in the photo when he's rolled over, he's like making eye contact with me and I'm just like, look at this dog. Like, yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. picture. I love it. Anyway, okay. thank you. That was great. I had such a good time. It was great to get out, get yeah. away for a few days. Um, nothing else. That was all. I've been. That was what I was doing. I was getting ready for that, organizing mm. that. So there's not. Um, there isn't really anything else that I've been doing. I'm just looking forward to you know having a day off this week. Oh yes, we get the public holiday yes. tomorrow. Queen. Yes, not tomorrow. Yes. Tomorrow. Oh no, not tomorrow. Yes, yes, because it will be. No, it won't. We will have already recorded this. Yes. Exactly. And the public holiday will have passed by the time anybody can listen to this episode. That's okay. I wonder if we get it every year. Do you know what? I was actually also thinking, will it be every year? And also the Queen's birthday is a holiday yes. that we get that's coming exactly. up soon. Mm. Do we have to do the King's birthday now instead of the Queen's birthday? I'm when guessing. And when is that? Yes. I have no idea. Who knows when he was born? Um, but it's not actually the Queen's birthday on the that birthday. So I think they pick like a strategic day or something. Mm. I don't know how it's done. But um, so many things will change. Yes, all the coins and everything with their face on it will have to. Although I haven't held proper money in a while, so yeah, I pay the thing um, with my card. That's true. Yes, exactly. Without phones and things. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm sure Sorry. it will. Um, maybe Australia will have another referendum to become independent. Hmm. All right. Have you got a story for me? I do. This is from um, The Guardian. The Guardian. Mm -hmm. I do like the, the um, name of the article, which is Little Mermaid star Hayley Bailey. Oh, I thought it said Halle Berry. Yeah, well, I guess it is Halle Berry. Yeah, but I don't know why I said Haley. But no. Halle Berry. Ba what? How do you say a name? <laughs> Halle Bailey. Yeah. Or at the response to her trailer for the well, you know, the trailer for Little Man Mermaid. Um, Haley, Halle Berry. Jeez. Oh, that's gonna be bad. That's gonna play grief with your um your subtitles which <laughs> anyway the article says that the little mermaid star Haley Bailey just pick one and keep keep going yes um has said that she is in awe of the reaction to the film's trailer which was released um to the public on the 10th of September during Disney's um fan expo Bailey um who plays Ariel in the live action remake of Disney's um, successful 1989 animation um, was resp responding to a Brazilian tweet um, captioned uh, compilation of reaction of black children seeing um, Bailey as a Ariel in Little Mermaid. Um, Bailey posted a message saying, um, people have been sending these reactions to me all weekend and I'm truly in awe. This means the world to me. So, which is lovely. I've seen some of the reactions actually. Oh, like what? And um, Twitter and um, TikTok, I think it is. And the the, I think it's predominantly girls that I've seen. I don't know if there are. Um, there must be one with little boys as well. But anyway, um, they're just so happy. Like when they, and I think the moment that's most impressive is obviously when they realize, oh my god, Little Mermaid is being played by by a black girl. You know, they're just like, mommy. You know, it was. It looked so cute. And they're just so happy. It's like a completely different, you know, way of looking at it for them, obviously. So how do you know it's that's the reaction for that reason? Like what? they say, they, oh, they? They, they, they the little kids are like, she's black. And there's kids that say, she looks like me. And, you know, like, literally they're just like in amazed, you know, mm. because obviously they expected a white girl. So like to, yeah. to have a black girl playing it, it must be like so cool. Um, yeah, it must be. I can't think of, I mean, and in it, obviously all Disney, whatever, mm. it's usually Caucasian. Except for more now, we've got some Pacific Island kind of characters. Yes, happening. 
um, recently, in recent years. But yeah, I can't think of. No, have I missed something? Somebody, I can't think of any. I mean, this is focused on like having the reaction of children, which you know is amazing, and to have them have this representation when they're little is amazing. It's absolutely but, like, amazing. You can't be discounting the fact. Like I remember when we talked about like Bridgerton, mm. um, and I didn't watch the first season because I, you know, wasn't. I watched I think an episode, and I wasn't really that into it. But anyway, um, but then the second season came out, and everybody was talking about the two Indian girls in the season, and I had to watch it because even though I hadn't seen season one, I was like, oh, there's Indian girls. It? so I was just like fascinated by the fact that you know this was a major drama in the UK but there were like you know and to be honest I loved it so um, and I and I think part of it was the fact that there were two Indian girls so, um, yeah and that's what I loved actually I loved how it turned turned what you expect on your expectations on its head I thought that was really cool hmm. and it didn't it didn't um, detract from the story or you're thinking about the historical time. No. It didn't detract from that because characters were paid. You just you just bought the character. You weren't really thinking about them being black Nothing. or white or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it, made, it made people, I think, of colour feel so included in the thing. Like, mm. you can't, yeah, it is really different to see someone who looks like you on the screen. It really is. And and I think I already said that when I was growing up, that was a real, I took, you know, I took that lack of representation as a reflection on me as a person in society. Yeah. Um, and and I'm sure many others do. So I think it's amazing, but it's very sad that it's a recent thing, actually. Yes. (laughs) And that comes to like all of the other stuff, because obviously there's there's all of this reaction, positive reaction to the trailer, but there's also has triggered a backlash, obviously, um, against Bailey's suitability for the part, which was largely characterised as racist, basically. Mm -hmm. So the trailer itself appeared um, to have become a target for internet trolls after it collected 1.5 million dislikes in two days. So YouTube has disabled the thumbs down button while um, dozens of comments um, below uh, parodying the positive response to to by citing the dialogue from other films so um i think that's all it mentions in the article about the the you know the racist reaction to it which i think is actually really good i think it's better to focus on the the positive side of it um mm. because it, i mean there's this the the little mermaid of course but then there's also the prequel to game of thrones that has come out um, not Game of Thrones, um, Lord of the Rings. Game of Thrones has also come out, but Lord of the it's Rings. Is that the Ring of Power, the thing I've been watching? Yes. I watched another episode when I got back the weekend. Um, yeah. And I'm so glad it's not all available because I would be binge watching it so badly. Yeah, I think I'm waiting to binge watch it. because. Oh, just, well, you'll just, you'll just binge watch it for sure. Yes, I think so. And I love Lord of the Rings and I love The Hobbit and everything. But, of course, they're the same people who are coming out and saying because there are black characters in this show that it's somehow unauthentic. <laughs> you know, like, it's not true to form. It's not true to form. And it's like, bro, I get it. It's back in the Middle Ages, but it's back in the Middle Ages in Middle Earth. Like, the place doesn't exist. It's all out of fantasy, you know. So to include, you know, people of colour in the in the show is just, and to say that it's not authentic, it's ridiculous. So That's hilarious. You don't have, also have people, little tiny people with big hairy feet. Yes, exactly. um, in any, or, well, maybe Neanderthals, I don't know. Um, <laughs> or elves with pointy ears. Or elves, yeah. yeah exactly. You didn't have them either. But yes, So exactly. I think it's good that, I, I, think, I love the fact. Actually, do you know who's in it that's really famous? Black. I call him a celebrity, but actually his career as a as a comedian. So yeah. the fact that he's in there as an actor is quite interesting. Although I know he's done a bit of acting. Is a is a comedian called Lenny Henry. Mm. It's a UK comedian called Lenny Henry. He used to be married to Dawn French. Oh, um, okay. I know who yeah. Dawn French is. Yeah, so he used to be married to her. They had they had a daughter. They have a daughter together. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's in it. He's like one of the well, I call them hobbits, but they don't call, they're not hobbits in this, I don't think, but they look like that kind of mm. community. Mm. But yeah, he's obviously black. And there is oh, there's a really hot black elf. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, in it. Oh, he's. I, I think you. Know, I know who you mean. So yes. You know who I mean. He's hot, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just thinking what. The what are the color, and then oh, I love how the el not the elves. No, this is nothing to do with <laughs> ethnic minorities, or maybe it is Scottish. Yeah. All the um, dwarves are Sc have Scottish accents. <laughs> it's interesting. I didn't know that that was there were a Scottish community. Um, actually, and the, there's a white a dwarf wife. He's black. I just realised. So you don't. Re I mean, I don't notice. I'm I'm focused on the character. Because it's yeah, it is a fantas fantastical character. They all are exactly. It's quite interesting. So I don't see it matters if there yeah. are version our real day version of black or white or yeah, I mean, Indian or whatever. Must, it just reminds me that the first six movies didn't have any. Actually, it only just occurred to me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, well, what was that all about? You know. So um, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Anyway, um. But it's improving. This is what we say all the time. So there was a backlash. Wasn't I don't know if this is true, but wasn't there a similar thing about Bond potentially being black? hundred percent. Because I think when they said it might be Idris Alba, I was just like, oh, that would be amazing. Because um, I'm not a huge fan of Bond, but I know. I you. am. Oh, I know you love Bond. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's it was amazing. And then when it was a black woman, I'm sure there was a lot of, you know, um, oh, she's another double O. She's a double O seven, though, wasn't she? She was a double O seven, exactly. Yeah. And I think there was a possibility that you know that she would be, um, she would have her own movie, or at least somebody talked about it. But uh, mm. I don't know. But you know, they they always do this. The first Ghostbuster movie um, with all women. Remember that? that yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Like huge people were like, oh, I will never go see this movie and all of this, and because they're all women, it was ridiculous. So, um, uh, I don't think it did very well at the box. I didn't like that, that one. Yeah, yeah, I don't I think it was fan. nothing to do with women. I, I wasn't. It was nothing to do with the fact that women. I just didn't like that version at yeah, all. Exactly. I don't think it was as entertaining. But anyway, mm. um, there are plenty of plenty of examples of the reverse. All right. Well, we have to go and watch Little Mermaid when it's out. I didn't realize that yeah. they were making it. Mm. Um, actually, oh, it's so, Disney has so it cool. Though, yeah. I'd love to see more. Yeah, Disney movies have uh, minority characters. Mm. Yeah. Because I remember talking. I talked to my friend, friend, a uh, great friend of mine who's Asian, mm. and he was raving about a Disney movie because it was like the first, I think it was one of those Avenger, I didn't get to mm. see it in the end, um, Avenger movies where the superhero is Asian. Oh. What was it? Avenger movie. Oh, yeah, I know. I think you know, I know the ring thing. The, yes, yes. The ten, yeah, I know who, oh, I'm never going to remember that. <laughs> um, the name of the play, the thing, yes, exactly. That was very cool. Again, didn't love the movie, but not because of that. It was just not the best. But I just like we're starting to see, like even what was the blank pa Black Panther, with yeah. the you know majority of cast being black. And unless normally you, the only time you ever see that is if you're watching a movie about slavery. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah, you don't get that in Hollywood. Yes, time. So I just think that's great. Yeah, actually, the only other movie as well that you might have got that is Eddie Murphy movie. Not not his like cop ones because he yes. was the, generally the only black person then. But he's coming to America one. That was really oh, good. that was the best movie ever, honestly. But mm. that's what it shows. It doesn't actually have to be so, you know, heart-wrenching. You, you can just make um, films with people of colour that are entertaining and amazing and, and become classics like it doesn't have to be because you know when you watch movies like 12 years of slave and things like that i mean oh god sometimes you can only watch movies like that once you know i can't even watch yeah them. i actually haven't watched it because i can't watch things like that yeah no it's it's yeah i just enjoy it oh. um all right that's yes. that's really cool talking to kids kids shows yes that's there's another there's a story that I picked up because I thought it was really cool I'm loving I'm loving seeing and hearing more about representation mm. of all diversity in tv targeted at children such as you know the little mermaid but there is um an Australian 
TV show that's for kids and it's really popular. And I only know this because we've got friends that have kids that constantly talk about that have totally mentioned this. That's, otherwise, I wouldn't even know what it is. And it's this show called Bluey and it's Australian. And I was just going to read it, but it's taking it's taking the time to load. And Bluey, I think, is a dog. Mm-hmm. A character, a dog character that kids, apparently kids go crazy for this show. And it's praised because they've got representation. So Bluey praised for representation of Auslan community mm-hmm. and also fertility in episodes Turtle Boy and Onesies. So Bluey is a, it's a little doggy. But it's Australia's internationally celebrated children's show. Is making grown adults cry again for its representation of three new characters. So Bluey was made by Brisbane-based Ludo Studio, renowned for its unexpected heart-hitting moments on the issues including friendship, parenting, pregnancy, and even death. So two new episodes from the latest season, Turtle Boy and Onesies, are no exception. In Turtle Boy, Bingo finds a toy turtle at the playground and wants to take him home. But her dad, Bandit, says it's not the done thing. Fans have described their delight watching the moment the episode introduces newcomer Dougie and his mum, voiced by actress Miranda Tapsell. Dougie, based on a cavoodle, is profoundly deaf and uses Auslan to communicate with his hearing mum, who signs and speaks. Oh, that's good. And then the Bluey official Facebook page is full of praise for viewers to the creators of including signing characters in the show, but not making it the focus of the episode. I think that's really cool. Um, I'm going to skip a bit of that. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And I think they did go to a lot of trouble um, because they tried to make it so authentic. Um, and I think they could only use, because, you know, I think the characters only had four fingers or something. Yeah. Yeah, three, I think three even. Yeah, but not quite as many as normal people have. So it's a bit hard to do some of the sign language. So I think, yeah, they, they really did um, yeah. do an amazing job. Not that I've actually seen the episode. I, I haven't seen any blue. No, I haven't seen it, but it does yeah. say, yeah, that they only have four fingers on each hand. Mm. So they were limited. Mm. Uh, but that's really, really great uh, that they did that. I think that's amazing. Mm. And there was another one but it's a UK um, cartoon, and that one wasn't Bluey. So Peppa Pig, which is also internationally, right? People know yeah. that. So, similarly, an episode, but yes, I've never watched an episode. <laughs> Introduce same a same sex couple uh, with you know two mums, mm. pig with two mums. I thought that's really cool, yeah. really really cool and progressive thing to do, um, to show kids that might be in that situation mm. may have two mums or two dads yeah that you know that's that's normal in the world yeah um and they're not a, you know it's, there's nothing particularly different about it it's still a family it's still considered a family basically yeah mm. i mean i think the the mo- the most you can make other people feel well the less you can make other people feel like they're other or outside the norm, the best, better it is for, for everyone, right? Exactly. Although there are some people that really want to feel that way. Don't want to feel, you know, this, you know, when you teenagers do this, you're growing up, you don't want to be like everybody else. Yes. And the ironic thing is that they become like, what's it called, emo or yes, yes. Um, goth or... Yes. Yeah, whatever. Skater. I don't know. I, sorry, I apologize. Don't know the right terms. Um, Are they even valid anymore? Is the question. <laughs> to be different, not to be thing. like everyone else. Yes. And yeah. yeah, fall into a big group. Yeah. Of people. No. That's yeah. quite funny. But yeah, there were you know there were people that actually don't want to be considered. Yes. The same as others, mm. or fact or categorized as normal even but that's okay that's okay yes Mm. all individuals all individuals exactly Mm. yes okay the key takeaway for me is representation is important it really matters it really makes a difference to you know our children Mm. as they're growing up 
as they're discovering about themselves, who they are, where they come from, where they fit in the world, what they're capable of and what's possible. And I don't know about you, but I was always told as a child, I could do and be anything I wanted. Mm. But Um, to believe that, you have to see it modeled. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's, what am I trying to say? I think it makes you feel like you can um, celebrate a part of yourself that not everybody feels as if is worth celebrating, you know, Um, especially growing up, though, I think it was more, for me, it was more um, easier to be white, you know, obviously you don't get picked on whatever, so it would be better, whereas it would have been much nicer to say that, oh, yeah, I'm you know, Fijian Indian and, and celebrate the fact that mm. oh, instead of trying to downplay that that whole side. So did you try and downplay it? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um I I think it was something to especially because um, you know, at that time a lot of my school was white. I mean there there was obviously other kids around, but I hung out with mostly white people you know, except until I went to senior high school, which was, again, was such a cultural shock for me going from, like, um, hanging around with purely white girls in my girls' school to, you know, hanging out with people who were like me. So was there nobody like you? Because the thing is, I did, but there was nobody like me at school. I was the only black kid in my school. No, no, no. There were Indians in my school. Uh-huh. Um, mostly Fijian Indians but I steered clear of that uh, yeah um, because they were picked on more basically okay. um, and I didn't want to be so I was just like and I could pass better in high school obviously because I grew up here I came here when I was eight you know so I was a lot you know I mean the way I talked and whatever was basically like everybody else whereas those kids came here when they were teenagers so you know, you could tell that they were, or whatever, you know, so it was, right. they had um, more groups, so it was easier to be like, oh, that's them, and I'm here. Okay, yeah, I get that, yeah. totally get that, so, yeah. Um, mm. it was, and I could barely speak Hindi at that point. Um, when I moved from junior high to senior high, and started hanging out with all these kids that were like Fijian Indian who spoke Hindi, I could not string a sentence together. And it was actually quite embarrassing at that point because um, they used to call me the white girl because I didn't know, you know, Hindi, I didn't um, know the movies, I didn't listen to the songs. So, you know, I had nothing to add of value in that, you know, conversation. So, How did that make you feel though when... Yeah, no, it was it was difficult that first year because then I was just it, it sort of I fell into that group. Mm-hmm. Um, so then and that by that time actually the senior high school was a lot more mixed, like a lot more mixed. So um, then I was sort of what what am I going to do? Leave this group of friends I've made just to go find more white people to hang out with? So <laughs> I thought probably not a good idea. So. And it wasn't as if, you know, they did joke and that, you know, it was more joke. It wasn't really um, like they were bullying me or anything like that. But it was it was just uncomfortable at the beginning, you know. Um, and, you know, at that point, I hadn't put together that I was doing it, you know, just to make my life easier. And, you know, yeah. You don't, you're not, re- you tend not to be as conscious about those things. Yes, exactly. Um, and and I don't see, I mean, I, I'm, on a, I'm an expert on child psychology, but I don't see it being different for any child. You want to fit in. Mm. You want to be yeah. liked. Yeah. You don't want to be different. And mm. you don't, and even if you are, because we are all different, yes. you don't want it to be, you know, you don't want to be made fun of or picked on. Nobody does. Yeah. And, you know, the more you're more likely to mm. if you're different, right? Yes, exactly. So... Mm. so showing so that's why representation is so important exactly. for young minds yeah so that they can some you know some kids that just maybe just walk rough the ducks back so yeah I'd love I'd love to see kids where that's the case mm. um where it doesn't matter mm. what society is telling them they've got such a deep mm. some sort of divine confidence knowing mm. that 
they are, you know, a beautiful human and can do whatever they want, mm-hmm. be whoever they want to be, embrace whoever they are. Anyway, representation is important. That's yes. I guess that's the point of what, what these stories are highlighting. Yeah. Okay, so the next story is from the BBC and it's it's good. So Reliance Industries, um, the daughter of uh, Mukesh Ambani, has um, become part of his succession plan, which is, you know, pretty awesome. And I'll explain what that means. So basically, the first bit of the article starts talking about, so um, Reliance Industry is is owned by Mukesh Ambani, and he's a billionaire. He's, uh, I think, the second richest man in Asia. So, you know, lots of money, lots of power and all the rest of it. But since COVID hit all of these big billionaire companies, family-owned, they, they're putting in place succession plans, um, which they hadn't done before. Ambani himself had to fight his own brother to get control of the company. I think, you know, it talks a little bit about that. But then the, um, the article goes on to talk about Aisha Ambani. So she is one of the twins. Um, born first so she has a twin brother it's her and then they have a younger brother Um, but basically Mr Ambani who's 65 um, is actively involved in running Reliance as a chairman and director um, and could have brought more time before thrusting his children into the limelight has but um, unlike many other um, Asian patriarchal um, you know uh, company holders um, he represents a new generation of family business leaders in Asia who've um, witnessed succession feuds and want to take every step possible to make the journey for their children smoother. So that's the the whole point. And the gender shift um, component of it is that what what is really reassuring is that the the role of women in the succession plan has been reassessed so um speaking of the leadership roles his three children were assuming Mr Ambani in his speech said that they are first among equals in a young team of leaders and professionals who are um, already doing amazing things at Reliance so Aisha Ambani Ambani's rise as an equal to her brothers is a clear shift from her older female relatives. Her aunts got married into other business families long before the inheritance disputes split the Ambani family. And and I think, um, so Miss Ambani, she's a Yale graduate who has worked in consulting um, with giant company McKenzie. Um, has been groomed to join the Reliance umpire, Empire. So um, that's pretty cool. And I think what everybody else is saying, that it's a significant move that will set the tone for other business families to to make women part of the forefront of, of leading these companies. So um, okay. it's really cool. Yeah. No, I, I think so I'll get this right. I think I'm sure I've seen, I'm sure I've seen this movie before you've got this big multi-billion multinational billion mm. dollar company that i've never heard of well, mm. this one's happens to be reliance industries with all these kind of little little businesses and subsidiaries mm. and whatever mm. but they're just basically billionaires and unless you're in that business world or you follow the fortune 500 companies which i think they are you wouldn't have a clue where they were but in asia there's a lot of them and mm. t- and typically in Asia it's usually a son it's a bit like the blooming royal family you know the first born the oldest son that would take over yes. take over the the business once the you know the father's out mm. but then you can sometimes get little uh what do you call battles fights about which son mm. is deserving which should take it take it on the business thing like you said him himself fought his mm. brother and now because of covid i don't know did lots of people die in covid did lots of the were they dying that's i'm just thinking why covid I think, I think it was just because everybody was dying i don't know if you know they had family members who passed away who mm. maybe they did but i think that so many people were dying that it was a possibility um i was gonna say if you think about that movie crazy rich asians Oh yeah, you've seen it, right? Of course. Um, but that that is kind of like this, you know, family, big business, whatever. Lots of cousins, and the whole movie focuses on 
oh that Henry guy's character right I forget what his name is anyway the son of mm. of of the family but he has a sister mm. right and the nobody actually talks about the fact that you know she should be a bigger deal like everybody talks about that the son is going to inherit the whole business but yeah now that I think about it they don't actually focus on the daughter and her business or you know her contribution she just does shopping she goes off and buys really expensive earrings and hides it from her husband it's, oh yeah like, yeah her her side in the movie is all just about the fact that you know her husband you know her husband it. isn't as re- wealthy exactly she didn't, she, didn't she married him but she brought the money yeah but yeah like, there is no other complexity in her life like she wants to shop but her husband is like doesn't have a lot of money so yeah I don't know anyway so there you go yeah you're right yeah that's really interesting I guess yeah it reminds me of those movies Uh, but then I wonder then because I feel like you set up you set your your family is setting you up I mean I could be completely wrong and I'm happy to say that that it may or may not be true but then they kind of set you up like for example in the in this story you're saying that she went to Yale so it Mm. kind of seems like she was already being groomed before the whole like there was always an expectation that she would be in business if she's unless it was just you know I guess they were very uh, they just let her do what she wanted and that's what she wanted obviously yeah it could be or and I don't the, the article obviously doesn't specify but um like it could be that her aunts also had business degrees and things like that because they were rich you know obviously they're rich and they can I mean afford that kind of education I suppose um but they were still married off and you know yeah maybe they didn't focus I don't um I think her education is important but I think that she's given the opportunity to be um the CEO or whatever she's being is is pretty cool pretty cool yeah, yeah. that's what she wants to do of course um, and the other thing that came out of the article that there has been legal changes in india so oh. um to the hindu succession laws for inheritance which gave women equal uh, inheritance right irrespective of marital status um have helped smooth the way for women um experts say that the government ruling requires women to be included in on company boards is increasing uh, representation as well so that's really cool Exactly. So I think, yeah, if you, uh, I suppose there was a law that that said that if you were a married woman, you weren't entitled to your parents, you know, inherit, you know, wealth or whatever. Um, but now it's not the case. So mm. I didn't even know they had a law, but I wouldn't know that, would I? Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, that's great. It's a great step forward. Exactly. It is exciting. I'm very happy for it. Will work good if she wants to do it if she wants to do it well clearly she does because um yeah she's uh very happy she seems mm. i mean it might be really i just think of the pressure yes belonging in the family like that mm. the pressure yeah. i mean to you you know the expectations you're going to take over the family business and, may, and you know maybe it's very successful or if he's in this yeah. you know the fortune global 500 then yeah it, it is successful that's a lot of pressure yeah, but isn't it nice though? For because back in the day, it would just be the son. Yeah, right? the eldest born son, it would be his responsibility, and he would have the entire lot of the pressure. Um, but now, at least he can say, "Oh, I can split it with my siblings." Mm-hmm. You know, because all three of them will have you know parts, parts. included. Oh, okay. So it can that pressure can hopefully be spread out, and you can be like, "We're all responsible. I'm not the only person." You know, mm. has to yeah. carry the family name or whatever the hell it is mm. supposed to be. So yeah, that's true. That's interesting. That's really good. So it highlights changes. Highlights a few steps forward, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. If we counter any steps back, maybe. Yeah. Let's hope. He's hoping we can be positive. And okay, so I hope you like this idea of introducing a new, what you call section. I don't know what to call it. I thought it would be interesting until we get some stories coming in um, about basically, I'm going to call it feature this part of the podcast and call it what would you do 
right what would you do <laughs> second point yeah what would you do oh. so i'm going to read the story and mm. literally going to ask you what would you do okay and the, yeah the story will highlight some form of discrimination bias of course but really let's just let's just give it a go you're for it tested yes <laughs> let's go you're for it okay <laughs> all right here goes oh just a disclaimer um i get a lot of this material and resources from the lean-in organization um cheryl sandberg founded lean in it's amazing it has amazing resources and one of the facility i do facilitation workshops with their material and i also develop similar material for my own so this the, some of these scenarios will be from lean in so here is a scenario for you ready yeah let's do it so a colleague recommends a man for promotion over a woman saying I'm not sure about her long-term commitment she just got engaged and I think she wants to have kids soon what do you do and what would you do look obviously the PC answer is oh, I want the PC answer <laughs> what your answer so the, you know I I have never hired based on gender I should say that though but but having said that you know we have all joked about the fact that oh yeah she's married she's gonna have a baby soon you know but not in a way that um we would ever use to not hire someone but I think you know it happens that when somebody gets married when a woman gets married it's usually a thing you know that you think about well, she's going to get married. She wants to have babies soon. Okay. So, um, uh, in that situation, obviously, I'd point out that if the woman did the a job, a good enough job, as the man did, then they need to both be considered for the role. You know, it can't just be the woman. So, uh, my industry is very female dominated. So, you know, it's it's just actually men are, are more rare to be. Um, in my industry so I think you can't take away from the fact that everybody does consider it that if if a woman becomes pregnant it's you know she's going to be a mat leave you know how long is she going to take we're going to have to replace her blah blah um, and I think it sucks that we that it it it, it is something people think about um, I wish it wasn't but okay. um, but in in terms of the roles we offer, we I don't think that ends up being a disadvantage because of of course we keep the roles open and it is the same position you come back to in the same you know and it's very flexible um, in terms of the hours you want to work and everything like that. They want to have you. Involved. Okay, so then so then what so what so there's there's some so the point is though there's some assumptions there because hmm. in this specific scenario the scenario is. Um, there's a promotion, there's a man and a woman. Let's just say they're both equally good. Or let's mm. just say, for argument's sake, the woman's slightly better, maybe a better candidate. Mm. Uh, the, the response is, I'm not sure about her long-term commitment. She just got engaged and I think she wants to have kids soon. Yeah. Yeah. So then what What would you, would you say, yeah, yeah, mate, you're right. Well, what, what would you do? Would you agree with that? would you do something else yeah so I have been in that situation and I've said yeah you're probably right she might want to get married and have kids but you know if she's the better candidate she's the better candidate you know and we need to hire based on the job mm. and not the you know the the possibility that she's going to have kids and and okay. you know, she will have kids so you know well, she may not or whatever but that's yeah it's it's more about the job than it is about the person but I can imagine that in other industries that are not female dominated and have a lot of females, because my management team is pretty much made up of all females and only one male. So um, we, you know, I think in that case, you know, I can imagine people going, oh, yeah, sure. You're right. Maybe it is better, even if she does the better job to hire the man. Okay. Stick around. Cool. And I get, and I get, get that as a consideration. Mm. Um, but there's a few things here. There's like... 
So let me just, this is what it says. Prompt your colleague to explain their thinking, which is I just did for you. <laughs> so suggest to your colleague that women should decide for themselves whether or not they want to take on new challenges at work. Because mm -hmm. somebody's just got engaged, it doesn't absolutely guarantee that they want to have kids soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and even if they did, they might be the type of woman that wants to have the baby and come back after six months or three months. And I think about, I remember when I moved to Australia, yeah. I noticed that women took quite, compared to where I was coming from, the UK, mm. women did take a lot of uh, maternity leave. Yeah. Which really surprised me because in the UK, you you would hardly find anyone taking longer than three months. Wow. That's yeah. Cool. And I think it was because that was the, I think that at the time, I mean, it could be completely different now. It was like the statutory, um, you know, maternity payment. Mm. I think it was around the, what, you know, the mandatory payment was. Whereas here, there was, there's no mandatory. It's like mm. company specific. Or I think one of the, in the last five years, something was introduced. But when I first got here, there wasn't anything. And people were taking like, like six months a year. Mm have to have children but I mean as a difference in my workplace one of the girls who was going on mat leave who said she'll come back in three months was actually told by one of the managers do you really think you'll be back in three months why don't you take some time because you might feel differently to encourage her to actually take more time mm -hmm. um, than just three months because it, it just seemed crazy short to it's too short yeah, yeah but that's me really, in some countries yeah. it's like yeah and she insisted on actually coming back in three months and everybody was like oh my god that's amazing because not you know people don't take they take a year and and so on at least so but that's the thing isn't it it's like the choice mm. how you feel yeah. it's making an assumption that somebody's going to take that much time off yeah and you know sometimes depending on who the person is you can have that conversation we've done it at work when you ask people you've asked women um okay so do you plan to have a baby when do you plan to have a baby how can we figure it out so it all fits into work and we've done that before and said mm. right you know this is what the plan is so you plan to get pregnant I mean not everybody is that open but it would be amazing if, if everybody else right but you can understand why people aren't yes if, when there's the bias there because yes, this, is, this is we're talking about maternal bias here and what I and what and how I think how does this how do we change this bias and I think well what what we're seeing happening and what really needs to happen is men need to be given the mm -hmm. same there needs to be a similar expectation and needs to be no maternity leave as such as more like parental leave, which applies to men and women. And that's starting to happen in a lot of workplaces. Yeah. And the needs, men need to be able to take as much time mm. and also be able to declare themselves as a primary caregiver. Oh, 100%. And that needs to be policy. Yeah. And when that becomes a part and parcel of a possibility, of an opportunity for fathers, then it takes, it diminishes the you know the potential for maternal bias as well yeah exactly I think that's what needs to happen because it would it's hard to imagine what we'd say about a man who recently got engaged mm. you know what yes. would we say he's oh he's just got engaged and I think he wants to have kids soon all might be true yeah but then it's not going to affect him getting the job no it isn't I know I think the paternity leave at the moment for where I work is about a month um and that's it really mm. There's really no conversation around whether, but to be honest, nobody has approached us to take longer than that. But yeah, yeah, it'd be good. Well, that, it. Yeah, Normal. well, that's the thing. I think you know when women get engaged and married, and actually, there's some stats on this. It says when women get get engaged and married, studies show that they start to experience maternal bias. So people, consciously or unconsciously, and we just had a whole conversation there, start to question the competence mm -hmm. and the commitment. Mm. And it's based on the belief, whether you whether you're conscious of this belief or not, that women can't be fully present at work if they have responsibilities at home. Mm. And if I think about if I think about our friends that have had children, mm. you know, sleepless nights, yes, uh, hard getting any sleep, coming in, mm -hmm. working, but the partners are going through the same stuff exactly so you know the male the fathers are going through the same thing and do are people questioning their mm -hmm. ability to be, be at work or be present yeah no 
the few men that we've had we have at work um who've had kids you can tell you know they're tired and they're you know obviously haven't had enough sleep and stressed and whatever but yeah nobody ever everybody's like oh I'm so sorry that you're going through all of that but then nobody goes oh shit they can't do their job um because mm. they're so tired mm. so yeah that's so so there you go so that was just an example of maternal bias of what you can do question question somebody about that double standard would we be would we would we be saying the same thing if it was a man and you might and like we just had that discussion mm. men should be able to take that time off as well yeah, really yeah exactly um, but I did have a cousin who did oh yeah um, so he became the primary um, caregiver I think he took six months and his wife went back to work. So, that's pretty cool. I, and, uh, I think is it Sweden? They have a lot, mm. a lot more of that going on. Mm. I think Sweden have got got it worked out. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Because I just really think it's so important for fathers to have that time with their kids. Yeah, their, exactly. their young children. I, I just see so many families where children not all not all the time and again I'm I'm no psychologist and this is just my personal opinion from an observation mm-hmm. there's a lot of families where the children are close to the mother yes and that's because the father wasn't there in the formative years as much wasn't around as much because they were working yeah I just think that's a real shame and there's a real opportunity to change that so you 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 did all right with that question Menal. Did I? Because no, I felt like no, I didn't win up. No, just it. like be honest, because it's because like, I'm having an honest conversation mm. about the real world, right? And what people think, whether mm. and whether and all, all all we're doing here is is inviting each other to open up the conversation and think about what we believe, whether it's actually true. That was our first ever. What would you do? Mm exciting more to come (laughs) (laughs) that's it I don't have anything else I'm just going to say this share stories please we want to hear your stories we've got any experiences um, that you want to share with us especially on bias or discrimination and how did you handle it and did you handle it how you'd like to or would you like to handle it a different way we would love to know and we'll read it out Right. Right. All right then. That's it. That's it from us. Yeah. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have as much fun with us today as we did. If what you heard resonated with you, don't forget to show the love and like our YouTube channel, All One with Tracy G. Give us a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform is lucky enough to have this episode because they rock too. Feel free to email stories or questions at alloneinclusive at gmail.com and sign up for my newsletter if updating yourself about everything which goes down sounds like something right up your alley at tracygandu.com. Until the next time, see ya!